Hello, I'm Andrew Jupin. Eric Siska. Steven Seda. And we hate movies. We all go a little mad sometimes. You know, it's Halloween. I guess everyone's entitled one good scare. Sometimes. That is what I... Hello everyone, welcome to We Hate Movies. Thank you for tuning in to the program. If you're new and a first timer, thanks for checking us out. And you're here just in time to hear us talk about the first anthology film we've ever done on the show. Anthology horror, one of our favorites. I mean, everybody loves a good anthology horror. You got your creep show, that's a big one. Creep show is a big one. Uh, creep show 2, not so much of a big one. Uh, the ABCs of Death, VHS. By the way, the one we're talking about here today is 1985's Cat's Eye, uh, directed by Louis Teague, who was last featured on the program when we talked about a little film called Deadlock. Ooh. Yeah, remember back then? I do. Before all the flying cars and time travel that we had now? Written by <laughs> literary wunderkind and car crash enthusiast Stephen King. <laughs> I say well, literally. it's either that or J.G. Bellard or whatever. <laughs> they actually do have The Shining by Stephen King on Audible, and uh, that's narrated by Campbell Scott. Whatever happened to Campbell Scott? I mean, The Secret <laughs> Lives of Dentists. How about The Secret Lives of Actors? <laughs> yeah. I, do you have blue late-night talk show cards sitting over there? <laughs> Uh, it's called doing a show. <laughs> it's called being prepared. Yeah, as Cam- you chug a beer. <laughs> yes, I feel like Campbell Scott. Like, I, I, I appreciate Campbell Scott because he almost never yells. It's like I'm not doing what my dad did. Yeah, like, he's just you're like right. he's like a guy, and you know every day, like, Campbell, God damn it! And he's like, I'm not gonna raise my voice, Dad. You can get all upset. I'm, I'm just gonna fix this VCR. Fix the I feel like he's going to swoop in when he's old and like start raking in these awards, right? Like yeah. I feel like he's biding his time. He's like, I'm going to be an old guy actor. <laughs> yeah. Well, The Secret Lives of Dentists I thought was an okay movie. But by the way, Campbell Scott, correct me if I'm wrong, comic book uh, expert Steve Sadek, sure. was playing Mr. Parker in uh, the Spider-Man He movie. was indeed in the, in the uh, Amazing Spider-Man movies. You know what? I just had a, a lightning bolt about Campbell Scott and then we'll actually get to Cat's Eye. I think his his whole career was kind of sideswiped by Kevin Spacey. Kevin Spacey kind of just has that like authoritarian, ner- like uh, well-bred kind of. <clears throat> yeah, he's was, got that market corner. <laughs> it was it was him, and then he also was getting double teamed by Kyle MacLachlan. <laughs> yeah, and the two of them just 
fucked him right could out you, of Hollywood. Could you imagine Kevin Spacey and and uh, what was that movie? Roger Dodger. What was oh it? yeah, Roger Dodger's a good movie. Oh yeah, that qualifies uh, under one of those uh, we can't license the catcher in the rye movies. That's yep. Roger Dodger's another one of those. Hey, that, so Cat's Eye. You could make an anthology of those movies. Cat's Eye's an anthology. I thought this was a movie about an evil fucking cat. Yeah, I've for years seen this box cover, and it's just Drew Barrymore sitting there with a cat, and I was like, oh, maybe the cat's evil, makes her do some evil stuff, yeah, kind no, of a thing. cats are good. The cat is the hero of this movie, goddamn hero cat. And to get this right out in the open, this is some grade A cat acting. Mm-hmm. This cat is a phenomenal cactor. <laughs> I feel uh, is the thing that I should make up. Uh, we talk about dogs a lot on the show, right. being I mean, like that's... good actors, but this cat is phenomenally trained. Exactly. When we were looking around for movies, I, I was like, you know, we've had so many dog thespians. Uh, we need some cat-driven cinema because <laughs> you know I'm a. I think I'm the only cat owner of of the crew. Yeah, so. I'm, I'm horribly allergic to them, and I'm horribly in love with them. <laughs> Differing opinions on we hate movies. Uh, so yeah, this is it's written by Stephen King, directed by Louis Teague. Like we said, starts off by the way with a, a prologue that sort of introduces us to this cat, and it's like, how many Stephen King I references can we cram into the first like two minutes of this movie? The cat's like being chased by Cujo. It almost gets run over by a car that says Christine it, on the back of it. It's the road where all. Stephen King movies intersect. Yeah, where's little Miko Hughes getting fucking smushed by a semi? It's one thing to be like, okay, it's kind of clever if, you know, you've got a dog that looks like a little bit like Cujo and then a car. No, no, no it's literally Cujo. It's literally Cujo or, or a, a car that looks a little bit like Christine, but the bumper sticker says, I am Christine on it. <laughs> Hello, beep, beep. <laughs> it's, it's like wearing the, it's like a Halloween costume, a Batman Halloween costume where it says, I am Batman on it. Well, that's which I just always like, hated. If, if it's like one of your kids has like a really shitty Halloween costume mm-hmm. and you don't want everybody to be like, so what are you supposed to yeah. be? You just put Batman on it so all the other parents and teachers know like, oh, God, that's Batman. All right. <laughs> oh, hey, Batman. Looking good. You know what I mean? Just make the kids feel better about themselves. But this is a car, and why would you fucking put that on the back of a car? There should have been like a clown smoking a cigar like, I'm here too. <laughs> I was waiting for like a... A, a balding 40-something actor to be walking around trailing an axe behind him. <laughs> that doesn't happen. Or those weird little, like, mouth balls from the Langoliers. Oh, <laughs> yeah. The Langoliers. The Langoliers. Or- they, they look like... Uh, 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 Clams with teeth. <laughs> mm-hmm. Or Anthony Hopkins wandering around being old going, Whoa, all, these, all these dogs are missing. What's going on with that? Is that Hearts in Atlantis. Uh, Hearts in Atlantis. <laughs> I didn't see that movie. Or yes, I did see that movie. I yeah. saw that movie, but I can't tell you much about it. He's got like sort of psychic powers and bonds with a kid. I don't know. It's it really seems stupid. creepy. That's not the end of the Stephen King references, though. In the first segment of the film... Uh, someone, James Woods is watching The Dead Zone on TV. Oh, God. And quoting along with it, and he, like, he has the line, like, who writes this shit? Or something like that. It's like, oh, I get it. Oh, I really get it. Oh, that's hysterical. Speaking of a movie that I would, like, we spend so much time on The Dead Zone, I'm like, oh, man, I wish I was watching The Dead Zone. It's totally, like, 10 to 15 seconds of a close-up on a television that's playing The Dead Zone. I almost turned it right off and put The Dead Zone on. (laughs) 
you final were, Stephen King reference. The mother in the third segment of this movie is reading Pet Cemetery. Oh, uh, oh one uh, one you missed, Andrew, is uh, Morgan Freeman being arrested for murder, <laughs> which is the beginning of the Shawshank Redemption. And you didn't. <laughs> so this cat somehow hitches a ride to New York City. Like Cujo's chasing him, and he runs into the back of this like truck like paper truck or something oh no it's a, it's a tobacco tr- it's a oh, cigarette truck there you go yeah bringing everything full circle here and yeah i mean this cat knows to hide which i don't understand like, cats don't know like cats, cats are very smart now they know how to hide no the, they do. they're not gonna be like oh something's chasing me i better hide in this it's, a, it's an oliver uh, and company they have, move they have they've done it to me yeah no they <laughs> you know you get, they get under the bed watch out so this movie, I think the best way to talk about this movie is just to go segment at a time. Because yep, there's yes. no, the only through thread here is the cat and it amounts to fucking nothing. Mm-hmm. Just fuck all nothing, this cat. It doesn't even matter. Uh, and oddly, a lot of these horror anthologies usually have like at least four stories behind them. Mm-hmm. This one is just three. It's a brisk like 90 some odd minute movie. Yeah, everyone's like 20 something minutes. It's like three Twilight Zone episodes back to back. Yeah, just like not good Twilight Zone episodes. No, they're lesser than. So the first one. James Woods stars as a guy. They don't have titles, so I just have to like do like a log line. James Woods stars as a guy who's trying to quit smoking. And I didn't again. I did not know this was an anthology movie. Even while I was watching it, like I, I didn't even pick up on it. So I was like, okay, so like we're gonna go through with this whole story. But then it switches, and I'm like, oh, it's an anthology movie in the worst way possible. Oh, by the way, this is this movie has one of the laziest IMDb uh, plot things. When you go to its page on IMDb, it just says, A stray cat is the linking element of three tales of suspense and horror. Great. Barely. Barely is this cat the linking element, by the way. So the suspense and horror of nicotine withdrawal. (laughs) We we open on James Woods, a mild-mannered, I don't know, business-ish man, who <laughs> it's the eighties. He's a businessman. man. Yeah, of course, yeah, he's, got a, he's got a tie. What more, you know? So he loves smoking cigarettes, and he wants, you know, he's going to quit. So he goes to this company to quit. Like it's called Quitters Inc. And he's like, you know, this is this is the time. He's going to fill out their forms, and he's going to quit. Meanwhile, he's filling out these forms, and there's a man like weeping next to him, which is hilarious, and like. The dude's wife comes out and she's seriously fucked up. She's like, she's in tatters. Her clothes, her hair. She's just, they worked her over back there. They really did. And, and yeah. He's getting nervous. And he's like, should I leave? I mean, he's James Wood, so he's already on edge because that's his, his whole thing. <laughs> and he's, it's, he is like that, that James Woods type of like, uh, but because he's a smoker, he like ups it, you know? Like mm-hmm. it's like James Woods times five. <laughs> He's like Jeff Goldblum if he was a nasty prick. You know what I mean? That's kind of the James Woods. Like it's a little. He's very, he's smarter than you, but he fucking knows he's smart. He knows he's smarter than you, and he will not hesitate to tell you at all times that you've been outsmarted by the great James Woods. And I love James I Woods, do too. but that's just his demeanor. There's he's no smarmy. shame in being beaten by the best. <laughs> we were beaten by the best, boy. <laughs> And his friend is like, don't worry, man. It'll change your life. You know, you're, you're smoking. You want to quit? They will make you quit. So he's like, you know what? I'll fucking do it just for a laugh. And he goes in, and to his dismay, Alan King's running the whole outfit. That's a big, that's a big red flag right oh, away. Oh, no, Alan King. <laughs> we got a, a comic from the 60s. 
This is where you wound up after you left the Catskills. So evil Alan King's uh, heavy, this weird bearded guy goes out into the streets and finds our cat, the titular cat, right. roaming okay. the streets of New York City now because the cigarette truck went to New York, obviously. Didn't go to Maine, which is a big... F- no Maine in a Stephen King movie? Get the fuck out. Uh, no, thank you. I think it almost totally invalidates your project, Stephen King, if you don't set it in Maine. How yep. am I possibly going to take this seriously? And by the way, where was Stephen King Boulevard we just saw at the opening of this film? Was that in Westchester? Yeah. That doesn't belong there. Yeah, it, no, it doesn't. I don't know where the hell this cat got picked up with. So they grab this cat and take it back up to the evil corporate layer of Quitters Inc. But before, actually, before, I almost forgot something here. Before they, before this guy grabs that cat, the cat sees a mannequin. Oh yeah, come to life. Who is Drew Barrymore? She's in the third segment, and <laughs> Drew Barrymore, who's a, like a ghost and a mannequin, is telling like the cat to save her. This, I mean, it's the creepiest part of the film, probably. It is, but do you want to talk about shit that goes nowhere? Oh, yep. yep. This apparition in a mannequin that this fucking cat sees goes nowhere. Well, the thing is, I mean, it's really about this is like Stephen King was tasked to write a movie. Like, hey, Stephen, we love you. Here's a hundred thousand dollars for an advance. Write us a movie in two months. He's like, no problem. He's like, oh, fuck, that movie's due tomorrow. And he's like <laughs> looking through his short stories. He grabs two, and he's like, uh, I don't know. Get out of here, cat. Cat. And he just he wrote the third one, which was the only original piece. And then like he just kind of peppered like two little crappy references to what the third act is going to be. Apparently, and again, this is just IMDb trivia, so who knows anything from anything. But the cat was supposed to have a longer prologue that explained the cat's position on everything and like <laughs> the cat's motivations the, for where the cat it was kept on showing up late to set <laughs> hung over hired a real party cat <laughs> <laughs> so much catnip all over its nose <laughs> the trailer is just full of turds and catnip <sighs> jingles is fucked up again god damn it it's like wired but with a cat <laughs> Louis Teague's just trying to kick it. <laughs> the kitty speedball. That poor tabby. <laughs> Is that a, like a breed of a cat? A yeah. tabby cat? Yeah. You know what I'll never learn in my life? Breeds of cats. I just know tabby and I kind of guess everything's a tabby, but I know only this kind of cat. There's, I can tell you like a, a Siamese cat. I know what those look like. That's as far as it goes. And I'm no, fine no. with that because I'm never going to have a cat in my life. All right. So... You know, James Wood sits down to Alan King, and Alan King's like, listen, kid, you're going to quit smoking. You didn't fill out your form the whole way. Where, where's your daughter go to school? And he's like, uh, I, I, I didn't think that was uh, pertinent to the investigation about uh, my quitting smoking. How about this? I'll let you keep being an asshole, and you can let me keep being a successful businessman. Fill out the form. So he gets down to it. Basically, the whole thing is this. They work off like of fear, like of threatening people. They scare people into not smoking, basically. He, he opens this curtain, and we see this, this weird room, and there's our little cat. The cat of Cat's Eye is sitting there. And I was like, hey, it's the cat from Cat's Eye. <laughs> and he's like, now watch what happens if you smoke a cigarette. And this floor is like electrified, and this cat just starts getting zapped, and they work 
this kitty over. And it's unfortunate because, again, you know this cat hates... It's like, oh, fuck. Oh, god damn. Like, you know what I mean? Like, some scenes the cat was fine with, like, oh, yeah. getting pet by Alan King, I'm sure, is a blast. But then you <laughs> throw him in this room. And, I mean, he's not getting electrified, but, like, he's being annoyed. Yeah, you know? that is, you know, that is some method cat acting. <laughs> and that cat, yeah, they really overstepped the boundaries, probably. Uh, so he's like, so, so here's what's gonna happen. You smoke a cigarette, we're gonna bring your wife in here, and we're gonna do that to her. And he's like, oh, jeez, fellas, I, don't, I, I guess it's okay, I won't smoke a cigarette, but this seems a little extreme. And he's like, oh, you think that's extreme, huh? Uh, well, how about this? Uh, you smoke two cigarettes, we're gonna beat the shit out of your daughter. <laughs> uh, my daughter's mentally handicapped, that seems a bit really extreme. All right. Third one, Palio. You smoke three cigarettes, we're raping your wife. And it's like, wait, excuse me. I was like, hang on a second, movie. In no way was I prepared for this. Why would you start off with the torture chamber? (laughs) Yeah. Then move down to beating somebody up and then back up to rape. Why don't you fix your, like, escalating penalty scale a little? <laughs> and, step, and, step four, we're going to step on your foot. Step five, holocaust. <laughs> <laughs> step six, step on a crack, break your mother's back. <laughs> step seven, how do we make money? It's a mystery. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how. There, there's no thing about, like, it costs 100 grand a, a week, Palio, and you ain't smoking no cigarettes. And he's saying, like, uh, you know, uh, that just when you think I don't have anybody on you, there's going to be five guys on you. You're going to be watched at all times. You know, you might see a few of my guys, but you'll never see all of my guys kind of a thing. Like, really gets into James Wood's head here. And I think the premise of this came about, like, you know, it's the 80s. There's, you know, some people, you know. We're not there yet, but the whole like anti-smoking movement. Yeah, it was, it's it was like getting, picking up steam. I was just thinking maybe this is just Stephen King going these these PC bastards. Oh yeah, I'm sure Stephen King always has an axe to grind. Like he was at a party, he lit a cigarette, and someone was like, "Oh, that's disgusting." He was like, "Short story, they're monsters." You know what I mean? Like. <laughs> I'm being tortured by these people right now. I get it. You want to rape my wife? Excuse me? I just asked you to put your cigarette. You're not going to rape my wife, goddammit. I'm pregnant, okay? (laughs) Yeah, you're going to rape my wife with the cigarettes, huh? (laughs) No, I just, I I don't want a deformed child. I'm a rapist! the, The weirdest thing is Alan King is like, we got a real sick guy on hand that'll do the job for you. So this guy is just cool at his heels, waiting for somebody. Like, oh, man, I can't wait. Phone rings. <laughs> we got one! <laughs> this dude goes to work. Oh, man. Yeah, he's, just, he's got a stipend. You know, he's got a nice little room just getting all worked up, waiting for it. <laughs> waiting for the next big day. Man, I fucking hate smoking so much. It just makes me want to rape everybody. It's so weird, Stephen King. <laughs> I'm sorry, you're a weird guy. This is a weird idea. It's a really weird idea. So James Woods goes home, and you know he's all paranoid. This is when he's watching The Dead Zone, so that's when we're watching The Dead Zone, <laughs> just <laughs> thinking about The Dead Zone. And I'm like, hey, that's a, that's a better movie. That's a movie that has a, a clear-cut idea that I can get behind. <laughs> and he's like, he ends up rummaging around like by, well, he's looking for a cigarette that night. He didn't get the message at all. And then he, like, basically 
it's pretty much confirmed there's an assassin in his closet. There is someone hiding in a closet. And it's so stupid. There's these two boots, these two rain boots, and you're like, well, you know, maybe they're just standing up there, or maybe someone is standing in them. And he throws an umbrella in there, and someone, like, grunts. Yeah, he, he's, he's got an umbrella, and he's, like, ready to beat someone in this closet. And he opens the door, and there's no one there. And he's, like, a... Uh, his thing of golf clubs falls out. And he beats the golf clubs with the umbrella and then throws the umbrella into the closet. And you just hear, oof. <laughs> and he's, he starts, like, talking to the closet because he's just, like, terrified to confront this person. The thing I don't get is where does Alan King get the money for this? Like, what? The game makes no sense, but the game at least makes a little sense in that, like, at the end of the movie, Michael Douglas gets the bill and he goes, whoo, I'm rich and this is too rich for my blood. Yeah, exactly. It's like, well, you're paying for it yourself, Michael Douglas, and, and that's the end of it. And it's probably $3 million by the end of the game. Yeah. But this, it's James Wood, he's like upper middle class. Like, how much could he be I, giving for round-the-clock surveillance? I feel like it's just like Alan King just likes doing this. <laughs> like, I don't, I'm really good at getting people to quit things. Also... It's really weird that they they specialize in smoking. Yeah. It's he doesn't ever say like, you know, well we can get people to quit booze, yep. quit drugs, quit gambling. It's only smoking c- cigarettes. Like that's it. Yeah. It's really weird. Well, it's not the marijuana, PC police. Not nothing. It's the PC police, yes. man. That's what they want. You can't even smoke in parks anymore, man. What's next? I can't smoke in an airplane. <laughs> The idea of smoking in an airplane is science fiction. And I smoke some no. cigarettes now and, now and again. It existed. It happened. No, I know. But that's what I mean. It's so insane to think about a world in which you're in a fucking tube, a pressurized tube in the sky, and everything yeah. is fucking just, just so. And you're like, you know what? I need I need to light a cigarette. Right yeah, now. yeah. Let me let me fire up my old fucking butane lighter here and funny, just funny smoke story about up. that. When when I was a kid, well, it's a short story. Sort of like a Stephen King short story. <laughs> Me and my family were flying to Europe in like the really early '90s, and uh, my father had to sit in a different part of the plane because he was a smoker, <laughs> and he was and just smoking in the airplane. That's so fucking crazy. I know. It's like I think it was because it was like going to Europe, so I got the tail end of it. But it was just like I. One of my early childhood memories is smoking on an airplane. <laughs> well, not me smoking in an airplane, but. It's just like bringing a gun on a plane, being like, "What? I, I, it's, it's my right. I got to bring my gun." Like, that's a, what is that, is that weird? Is that strange? Hey, you know what? If I live in a land where I cannot bring a gun on a plane <laughs> and then smoke a cigarette while I'm waving my pistol around, well, I don't want to live in that America. It's like Alan King is trying to rape my wife. Like that's what America <laughs> is doing right now. <laughs> This episode's brought to you in part by Rocket Money, and they have this question for you. They handed to me just now. Mr. Rocket just handed me this. Do you know how much your subscriptions really cost? Most Americans think they pay around $80 a month on subscription services, but the actual total is closer to $200. If you don't know exactly how much you're spending every month, you need Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. And with Rocket Money, you could lower those bills without resorting to having bean dinners every day of the week. You know, you have those bean dinners to try to save some few bucks. But if you were monitoring your spending with Rocket Money, you didn't necessarily need to eat every bean dinner. 
So find out what all the fuss is about. You know, over 80% of people have subscriptions they forgot about, like the Stars app. Don't get me started. You don't have to go through all the back end of the website anymore. You don't have to call customer service. Rocket Money helps you manage all your finances in one place as well and categorizes everything. It's easy to keep track of a whole budget. Even I can do it and I got rocks in my head. So find out what 3 million people have already done. They've taken the Rocket, folks. Stop throwing the money away. Cancel unwanted subscriptions and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash WHM. That is rocketmoney.com slash WHM. Once more, rocketmoney.com slash WHM, which stands for We Hate Movies. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. You know, my 20s, while being a lot of fun, a lot of the time, were pretty rough. I wasn't exactly rolling in dough. I lived at home until I was about 25, and for most of it, I didn't have this show or you lovely people in my life. I just kind of drifted around without direction and didn't know where to voice that. Then I started to get my crap together one piece at a time, and the last piece, which didn't come until my early 30s, was therapy. And man, I wish it came along sooner. Ever since I started sitting down as a licensed therapist, I've had a place to voice my insecurities and try to fashion plans to help me achieve my goals. So that's why I'm thrilled we're sponsored by BetterHelp. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, and it's designed to be flexible, convenient, and suited to meet your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and the good thing is you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash WHM today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash WHM. So he's all paranoid and he like, you know, he's got a cigarette and he doesn't light it and he's talking to the man in the closet and he's like... Just go tell Alan King that I'm just, I, I did not like this. I did not like this cigarette, okay? Can you do that for me? Can you just say I did not like this cigarette? Okay, don't please don't rape my wife. <laughs> and, he, you know, he calls Alan King the next day. He's like, oh, my, you got to get me out of this. Like, you can't get out. I, I arbitrarily am going to watch you for the rest of your life now. It's ridiculous. And so cut to a little while later, he's in a, a, a traffic jam. And... He opens his glove box and there's a fucking pack of cigarettes there and he's tempted. And how are you a, a, a real, how do you have a smoking problem and you still have cigarettes just lying around? Like you smoke until you're done and it's, you know, you get the next pack. Nobody hoards cigarettes. And it's not he, like an alcoholic hiding a bottle of whiskey in the toilet. Yeah. And even if he did like hide, you know, cigarettes around, he'd remember that he hid them. Yeah, that, you know, he'd be it. like, oh, those are my rainy day fund, you know? But yeah, those exactly. are, oh, those, those, those are my car cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just picturing his car and Christine having a smoke together now. Because <laughs> they're car cigarettes. A they're car giants. smoke cigarette? Yeah, yeah a car Put car smoke break. exhaust pipe or something. Ah, <laughs> oh, Christine. <laughs> traffic. Hey, before he gets into this traffic jam, he has a party at his house or it's like a work party or some shit. This is the most ridiculous scene in this segment. So he's like walking around this party and everybody is smoking. And it's a really disgusting, like people are smoking cigars inside a lot of like big fat fucking cigars. And there's a haze of smoke everywhere. Why wouldn't he just throw a party every day? The secondhand smoke on this thing. Yeah, that's a good call. 
Well, get- that's something that Alan King doesn't really set up. Like, you know, now uh, also listen, by the way, uh, if you find yourself in a situation where you may be in taking some secondhand smoke, I'm going to run your dog over with my car. <laughs> I'll they- go easy on you. Because he put a tracker in his lungs or something. <laughs> if you smoke hashish, I'll give you 10 bucks. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't make none of it makes sense anyway. Well, that yeah, that was the funny thing was <laughs> I'm watching this movie, you know, like Alan King's explaining the rules and everything, and I was like, "So can he smoke weed? <laughs> Is weed still cool or like, what? What's what's what? Hey, Alan King, I, I I'm really terrified right now, Alan King. But before I leave this <laughs> office, I have one question with you." Can I smoke grass or what? What is the weed policy? <laughs> what is the chewing tobacco policy? Yeah, I mean, it's. I think it's just straight up cigarettes. He's not concerned at Quitters Inc. with anything else but people smoking filthy cigarettes. Also, by the way, if you're doing Quitters Inc., why not like a nicotine patch? Did those exist yet? I mean, I don't know, I don't know. when the patch came around exactly. Does I'm not sure about seven. That. I'm not sure. There might have been like lozenges or something. Yeah, there was definitely at least the. I think the gum was around mm. at the very least. You had the gum. Which, I, but this party is like a political cartoon of smoking. <laughs> like, I was expecting to see a pig in a tuxedo <laughs> and a top hat and a monocle come out, like say, old boy. Yeah, it's just like somebody smoking a big c- a cigarette that says like American workmanship on it. <laughs> it's being lit with a hundred dollar bill, <laughs> an anvil that says Congress is dangling above it. <laughs> I fucking hate political <laughs> cartoons. Can I just say that <laughs> I hate. Their fucking obviousness, and it's just always everything's labeled for you, just so you get it. Well, no, Bart, that song is about the budget gap. This is about the deficit gap. I mean, <laughs> well, it's just well, that's also why they put labels on kids dressed as Batman, <laughs> <laughs> just in case you won't, you don't get it. The pig says my wife is a slut. <laughs> well, that's a complaint. <laughs> Good luck getting that filmed or whatever. Ah, Speaking yeah. of the game, my, one of my favorite actors, what the hell is this guy's name? The oh, G- uh, James Rebhorn. James Rebhorn is in this scene, like, being an asshole. Like, he's a drunk cock. He should have been credited as drunk cock in this movie. <laughs> he's, he's fantastic. He's, like, he's drinking. He's like, yeah, the big account's coming up. You know, he's, and he's in all this James Rebhorn uh, majesty. And he's like, hey, you want a cigarette? And he's like, yeah, I quote, like, what are you, gay? Like, yeah, it's, it's like, it is, it is an example of a 50 year old man peer pressuring <laughs> another 50 year old man. Come on, coward. (laughs) And, like, because James Woods, like, he wants a cigarette so badly in this moment. Like, he's like, it's like this hallucination where now, now he, now his buddy there is smoking like two packs at once. There's smoke coming out of people's ears. Yeah. He's, I was like, what is in these appetizers? Cause this dude is tripping balls. Yeah. A woman dressed as a carton of cigarettes walks in. Like, there's a couple of dancing cartons of cigarettes. (laughs) Like, what's great about that? It's one of my favorite parts in this whole movie is when he sees the dancing carton of cigarettes, he just looks at it and the reaction on James Wood's face is like, Oh, well, that's stupid. <laughs> He's like, well, that, that's obviously not real. And then there's a, a tray of appetizers, which is somebody's face smoking a cigarette. Oh it's like a God. big fucking Henson puppet. Dude, it's like, it's like deviled eggs with eyes. That, yeah, it was like, like something out of Pee Wee's Playhouse. It scared the shit out of me. And then there was a painting of like Alan King out of nowhere. And like it had, it had like real eyeballs and it was smoking. And then suddenly he appears in like a white suit walking down this, the staircase of his house. And all of a sudden, like a cover of the police. Every breath you take starts playing. That is so 
strange. And then Alan King's like lip syncing it and dancing. I was like, what is going on? I know. It's like David Lynch all of a sudden. <laughs> the, the, the cover is like, also when, uh, when, when the, uh, the, when they put the cat in there, they put they play Twist and Shout, which is also a bad cover because this movie had like no money behind it. And they were like, well, yeah. we, we want to get these songs. Like, We need to have this terrible cover of Every Breath You Take. This guy is no Sean Combs, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> By the way, that song, that cover song is, is more so maybe than the cat, the through line of the movie because that song keeps coming. That song does come back. That's just a classic case of getting your money's worth for those music rights, that's for sure. Uh, yeah, so he gets in this traffic jam, he smokes a cigarette. And, you know, a, a truck, like, honks the horn. He's, like, kne- like kneeling down, like, hiding in the car, smoking. And a truck honks the horn. He's spooked, and he sits up. And the- there's one of Alan King's dudes sitting in a car, smiling, like, got you now, fuckface. And he speeds off. You know, James Wood speeds home. Wife's been kidnapped. Alan King calls up. Well, you should probably come to my office around 5 o'clock, eh, asshole? We're going to watch your wife dance in a shockbox room. <laughs> Trust me, this is economically viable. I, I swear it. This is covered by your HMO. <laughs> that sounds like a cool, like, early 60s nightclub that Alan King performed at. The Shockbox Room? Yeah. yeah. Oh, man, I had a killer set down at the Shockbox Room last night. <laughs> got my ass kicked in the alley afterwards. I got a big mouth. It's a little too up-down for me, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Up down. Hey, uh, you know what I'm saying? I'm not going to leave till you know what I'm saying. <laughs> you, so they got you get a phone call the next day. You remember what I was saying, right? You just it's a little bit uptown. <laughs> uh so so he, she's stuck in this box and she's freaking out. And then Twist and Shout comes on. They start shocking the shit out of her. And James Woods is, like, being held down. There's, like, a little bit of a struggle. It's yeah, a lame he, fight scene. He tries to, like, throw a stool through the glass at first. Yeah. What are you doing, kid? Oh, you can't break the glass for the shockbox room. It's uh, break-proof. <laughs> Rule number one. I know it's uptown, but come on, kid. You are veering dangerously close to Dracula right now. You are taking a right turn to Dracula. Eric Siska stars in Too Close to Dracula. I can't do the voices with these kids. You know? <laughs> I am uh, Dracula, Catskills comedian. <laughs> also ran the foul of something uptown. <laughs> it's like Broadway, Broadway Danny Rose, but instead of old Jewish comedians, it's all monsters. <laughs> Sign me the fuck up. Uh, yeah, sounds great. <laughs> oh, yeah, sure. I work with Dracula. That guy was a real fucking scumbag. <laughs> Oh, he's took all the good tips out of the jar. What an asshole. Oh, God. <laughs> Dracula Dan. took my virginity. <laughs> I haven't seen that movie in too You long. had it coming. What, Broadway Danny Rose yeah. or Broadway Danny Dracula? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen Broadway Danny Dracula in a long time. We've yet to make it. That's the problem. Well, you know, I'm glad we got some Dracula talking on the spooktacular. <laughs> It's Halloween, baby. And I'd much rather talk about Dracula in the fucking shockbox room in this movie. You can't break the shockbox room. I spent a million dollars on it. I'll never get it back. Lord knows where all this finance is coming from. Fuck it. <laughs> Who do you, what do you care? It's a Stephen King movie. Be thankful you're not in Maine. <laughs> you're lucky we're not on a crab boat right now. 
You're in an upscale New York City office. Hey, you better thank your lucky stars when I'm picking blueberries up here, okay, <laughs> asshole? Now get in the shock box room and dance. Because this is a movie. <laughs> and your wife is two cigarettes away from getting raped. <laughs> Lest we forget my rape threat we tossed in at the beginning of this segment. Uh, so he's like, all right, man, listen, I learned my lesson. <clears throat> I'm not going to smoke anymore. You got me. We cut, arbitrarily cut to six months later. James Woods is best buds with Alan King. Yeah. He's like weighing him like, oh, you, you're losing a little bit of weight there. You're gaining weight. That's oh, he's the, gaining weight? Yeah, because when you, when you quit smoking, you oh, usually yeah, you put, on some, put yeah. on some weight. And he's like, you know, hey, most of our clients will gain a little bit of weight, but don't worry. I'll give you these diet pills that fell off a truck. It's so great because he totally says, uh, careful when you're taking these. They're not really legal or something like that. I was yeah. like, holy shit. Pills are fine. But he's like, yeah, don't worry. Get get hooked on amphetamines. <laughs> so long as you're not smoking three cigarettes a day. Oh, man, that's just the American pharmaceutical industry in a nutshell, isn't it? Yes. We can't have weed, but you can have fucking eight pounds of pills in your cabinet. Yes. Sorry, everybody. I'll step down off my soapbox before I step <laughs> too high on it. <laughs> and, he, you know, he kind of, they're best buds, and he's like, but yeah, remember, I, I think your max weight should be 165. Don't go over it. I'll cut off your wife's pinky. And he's like, oh, Alan King. Oh, you didn't, this is adorable. He's like, you didn't threaten to rape my wife two months ago. That's fine. They are s- some serious best buds. Oh, wow. Alan King lecturing someone on weight management. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's a shot of the wife missing the pinky. Right. So they, they, they have... James Wood's buddy from the beginning of the movie over with his wife. This is the guy who said, like, it's going to change your life, blah, blah, blah. You know, they toast to Quitter's Inc. And the wife's like, yeah, to Quitter's Inc. <laughs> like the friend's wife, not yeah. James Wood's wife. And she's like, yeah, Quitter's Inc., great. And then James Woods goes to clink glasses and he looks and she's got uh, her most of her pinkies chopped off. End of segment. And I mean, really... End I, of segment one. I would be so pissed if... If you were like, hey, Steve, you should really quit smoking cigarettes. You, you know, you just go up to this company. They're great. I went through it. I'll change your life. I'd be so fucking mad at you. The other thing about that, this is the tip to <clears throat> sort of get from this. If a friend ever, like, recommends something to you and you're like, oh, that's cool. What do they do? And th- the friend responds with, don't worry, but it'll change your life. It's either this segment of this movie, possibly the game from the game, some sort of fucking heinous Hunger Games like shit right or or methamphetamines or meth it might be meth all of those life-threatening situations but also possibly meth (laughs) and the cat by the way escapes from this evil corporate office what i love the scuffle yeah the scuffle happens and the cat is just like oh this is stupid and just (laughs) and just runs out of the office (laughs) see you bozos (laughs) he's like oh well this story is really imploding on itself i'm getting out of here and what I love is we we after the you see the shot of the pinky we go back to the cat and the cat has gone downtown hopped on a a ferry yes and manages to take itself from the island of Manhattan down to Atlantic City. People who don't know geographically what's going on here that's like a three hour drive in a car. This cat manages to find its way all the way down to the boardwalk. That's okay. It. It's no problem. And what I love about this. <laughs> Because this is like a real hobo kitty here because this, he's riding the backs, backs of trucks and then now he's down. He actually hangs out with actual hobos 
under a, under the docks at Atlantic City, and he eats part of a hot dog. Oh, that's and right. He's like he's having he's got like the real dirt hobo life. How the fuck are you gonna get a cat to eat a hot dog? Like I just <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's gonna yeah. take some time. What? Well, you can't just put a, a hot dog down like, here. You can't eat this hot dog. They're very I think particular. it's like that and their how their teeth work. I mean, they're gonna it's. It would probably take a little while. Do you think it was a prop hot dog made out of cat food and they just shaped it into a hot Stephen dog? Stephen King's oh. cat hot dog. They, they are interested in something. <laughs> I'm sorry. Cat hot dog just tickled me the right way. Is that on Audible? <laughs> yeah, it's read by Louis Anderson. Oh, my God. These cat hot dogs. They're mostly for cats, but I love them. Louie, that's not in the book. You have to stick to the text. <laughs> I'm just thinking about food. It's really hard for me to read when I'm thinking about cat hot dogs. <laughs> you guys see me fall off that diving board or what? <laughs> that was embarrassing. You know what will fix the hole in my heart? A cat hot dog. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I don't even know. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> it's just cat cat food molded into a hot dog. Normally, I just eat regular shaped cat food, but sometimes it's more fun to shape a cat food dish into something else, like a hot dog. Cat hot dog. Get this guy a job on the Food Network. <laughs> Fucking ten time chop champion. Louis you ever Anderson. have cat food duck larange? Ooh, it's delicious. <laughs> so. so. The cat leaves the hobo camp. <laughs> and thus the second story begins. Uh, we're seeing some Atlantic City fat cat, not played by Alan King. And also, this Alan King's really good in the first one. This guy's good in the second one, but I kind of wanted a bigger heavy. I feel like this was kind of went to a couple of people and it came down to this guy. I would have liked a supernatural Alan King in all different scenarios. <laughs> that would have been pretty good. Like he's the devil or something. Oh, yeah. yeah he like was just the devil. By the way, did someone say fat cat? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. That was, so, a, that was a delayed joke. So Who's going to help me eat all this cat food? <laughs> I guess I should eat <laughs> so they're in Atlantic City. They're in and- Atlantic City, and so it's yeah, it's this guy who's not Alan King. You're right; it is a poor replacement for Alan King. It's like um, <clears throat> what's his face from Superman three being a shitty Lex Luthor. It's no, yeah, exactly. It's like Robert Vaughn and like replacing. Well, that's kind of the whole movie, though. It kind of goes down. We start with James Woods and Alan King, and it's like okay. And then the next one, you think it's going to be like something like the Twilight Zone movie where like different stars and different Yeah, segments. these people just keep popping in to have <laughs> some nope. fun. Or it, Creep Show, maybe Ted Danson's going to show up. Yeah. The, no. Ted Stryker from Airplane. <laughs> Trade down. And the uh, Meg Ryan's father in Armed and Dangerous. <laughs> oh, that's the old guy? Yes. Oh, my God. This is the fucking D team they brought out for this <laughs> second segment. And now Meg Ryan's father is there on the side of the street in Atlantic City. And, he, you know, he's a big fat cat. He's got his, you know, his, I guess, like tux on or whatever. Yeah. And he's got um, a buddy a buddy, and, and some chicks there. Yeah. And they're like, you could bet on anything in this town. Hey, there's a cat across the street. Let's bet to see if it dies crossing <laughs> the street. 
And oh the, my god, this is fucking sickening. And the woman's weird because she's just like, oh, I hate cats. My dad used to kill them. And they're like, wait, what? And she's like, hey, look, a cat. And she's really like, never sh- mind. It's $2,000 on the table. I love money. <laughs> she gets all hot and heavy for money. So that guy and the girl are begging the cat to cross the street so it gets hit by a car. Yeah. The old man takes the bet of the cat living. Yeah. And right, like the, the cat what, will get across safely. Disgusting. Bet and, on, betting on life. And this, this guy's a real piece of shit because he's like, come here, kitty, come on, kitty, 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 kitty. Like, he's trying to do it. And he's like, all right, if you get to do that, I get to do whatever I want. So the cat starts to go, and then this old man causes a car accident, which, like, <laughs> blocks the street for the cat to make it. It's pretty fantastic. It's a great move by this guy. This guy is a seasoned gambler. And he's like, oh, you didn't say we couldn't do stuff like car accidents. <laughs> What's fucked up, though, is when the cat crosses the street... <clears throat> And everyone, you realize it's not just these three people. There's a crowd that is gathered like, yeah, fucking kill it. Come on, cat. No, fucking die. And I was like, how Atlantic City. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Uh, It's still just an unacceptable place to exist. You know who exists there right now? Steve Buscemi. (laughs) He has an empire nearby, but also... Joe Piscopo. Oh, is really? Joe Piscopo down in the AC? He's got, I think, the Joe Piscopo Comedy Club is down there. Oh, really? Good for him. Ah, yeah. That's maybe, where he's at. Maybe a future We Hate Movies venue. <laughs> we'll it do sure t- gets cold down there in the winter, Joe Piscopo. Do you mean, is that when we uh, have our own TLC show and we go to c- celebrities' places and make fun of them <laughs> <Yeah>. at their <laughs> restaurant? Like, we go to Michael Jordan's Steakhouse and laugh at it. <laughs> Yeah, we talk hey, about that's right downtown. We could do that. That's going to be our Space Jam and <laughs> Joe Piscopo. I'm sure we'll find. We'll do sidekicks finally. <laughs> hey, that's actually a really good idea. Go to a place where a celebrity is and make fun of a movie they've been in. <laughs> I'm sure they'd love it. We'll do uh, Dangerfield's Comedy Club for Rover Dangerfield. <laughs> That's another local place. We could do that too. Get the, you know that's you go locally film the pilot. You know, and then we'll travel when TLC's paying for it. So you know he gets the cat. He's like, "You kitty, a good luck." And he picks him up, and he's like, "We got a, a, one more wager to bet on tonight." And he goes in a car, and Ted Stryker, and you're like, "Oh no, like oh, Ted just, Stryker's the other man." Yeah, uh. he's just a dude, and like he's putting the, his girlfriend on a bus. He's like, "Your husband's gonna kill us if he ever finds out." You know, just just wait for me, darling. You know, I, I need to get some money or something. And he gets abducted by Mike Starr and this other guy. Man, I'll tell you what. I love Mike Starr. He is always a treat when on screen. And what's great is this character that he's playing. Yeah, it's just kind of like a tough idiot or whatever. But he's like really stupid. And he's wearing this hilariously tight t-shirt through this entire segment. It's fantastic. A lot of hard nipples from Mike Starr in this movie. (laughs) He's getting all aroused by the violence. We have time codes for that. <laughs> He'll send them over to Mr. Skin. <laughs> Get them submitted. Mrs. Skin, right? So I mean they abduct him and you know he he gets pulled in front of the guy and obviously, you know, uh Stryker's been banging this guy's wife and he's not too none too happy about it and he lays out the plot and he's like, Look, you know, uh I'll give you you know you you I'll give you my wife and twenty thousand dollars if you could end your own life because I'm obviously going to kill you unless you do this, which is you navigate the ledge of my 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 penthouse all the way around my Atlantic City building. One of the other things that he puts in this whole thing because he doesn't threaten to kill him. Oh, that's right. Because 
<clears throat> Stryker is a retired tennis champion. Which goes nowhere. Don't nowhere. worry about it. Absolutely. Except when Mike Starr plants a big old brick of cocaine in this dude's like tennis racket Ooh. bag and leaves it in his car. So he's like, listen, <clears throat> if you don't do this, I'm going to call the cops. You're going to go to jail. You'll never see my wife. But if you do do this and you, you go around the entire you know perimeter of my penthouse on this ledge, I'll give you yeah whatever the money is. $20,000 will take the coke out of your bag and you can have my wife and that's the end of it. I think, I mean, I really want to be rich enough where I have about $100,000 worth of cocaine that I could just blow on framing someone. <laughs> like that hey, is really something. Blow. Oh, yeah, there it is. Hey, oh, no, you're reaching in the wrong suitcase. Take it from the bribery cocaine suitcase. <laughs> it's that's, over there. That's my private stash. That's the good stuff, but that's the shit. It's still coke, but there's a lot of, like, dishwasher <laughs> detergent in it. So the whole thing, the whole segment, really, of this part of the movie is this dude just out on a ledge. It kind of reminds me of Back to the Future 2, like that, that part when uh, Marty's, uh, you know, on Biff's. Oh, high rise there yeah, trying right, to, yeah. right that's where they got it from huh because this came out first oh really can i tell you this is a perfect place to bring this up because you just mentioned back to the future and this is a huge <clears throat> thing that stands out for me and it's very frustrating the person who did the music for this movie is alan silvestri mm-hmm. he did the music for the entire back to the future trilogy this movie came out in 85 so did back to the future the main score that you hear through this movie is just a little bit different, just a little bit different from the Back to the Future theme and then just put through a synthesizer. So Back to the Future, you know, <clears throat> they had a lot of money behind it. It's the big orchestration, yeah. fantastic. It's pretty much that on a John Carpenter synthesizer <laughs> and they change a couple of note orders around. It's the laziest fucking shit you'll ever see in your life well, and it's so frustrating. Well, he had to score it using the film as a guide and there was... Laziest fucking film you ever saw. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It's not Alan Silvestri's fault. It's this. It's well, Stephen King and Louis Teague's fault. Well, he's well, yeah. He's like, well, if fucking King can just you know cobble together shit from his old work, I can do the same thing. <laughs> this should just be called recycled the movie. <laughs> so I mean, and this is kind of the movie kind of stops. I, I mean, you actually uh, like this segment a little more than I did, Andrew. I find. This one, like, I found the first one very propulsive. I didn't know where it was going to go. Like, what the fuck's Alan King going to do? This one kind of stops everything dead because it's just a lot of, like, cre- creeping along that ledge, just getting on, get, he's going to get there. I mean, what I liked about it, though, was throughout the whole thing, it's this old bastard trying to mess with him. Yeah. So, like, he's out on that ledge, and the guy, like, He's like, yoo-hoo, and he's like hitting him with a blanket. And I was like, that's kind of funny. And then he gets to this window, and the fucking window opens, and this guy's got a horn, and he's like, ah, ha, ha, just He's got a vaudeville horn. I don't know where he got this thing from. He got it from 1921. <laughs> that's where he got this horn from. And then he took it right off of Mark's brother's corpse. Yeah. And then <laughs> stole it from Harpo's cold, dead hands. <laughs> And then by the time this guy's like actually doing it, he's getting around. And I think there's like some nice looking car models, by the way, like model cars. There's some practical. Yeah, it's, you know, the movie's 85, so it's all practical effects. There's a lot of like reverse projection and superimposition and stuff like that. It's nice to see a little nostalgia there. And he gets around all the way around this building, basically. And then the old man's, his piece de 
his piece de resistance of annoying this guy is a fire hose. <laughs> this fucking fire hose from like the roof of the building, and this guy's just like, ha, and he's spraying him. Yeah, with I it. think you could fuck my wife <laughs> and walk around my building. <laughs> well, it's great because the this cat is such a good actor. All in his eyes, all in his cat's eyes, he's in the room, and you can tell he's not cool with any of this. He he's fucking a, hates this old man's guts. He's hissing at him. Comet judgment. That is a so number cat one judgment. cat move, is the hiss, and he's great at it. It's I that. hate it. I hate the cat hiss. When I hear a cat hiss at me, I want to punch it in its cat face. <laughs> it's so annoying. I can't stand cat hissing. I remember uh, right before uh, Hurricane Sandy last year, me and my girlfriend were coming back from a movie that we got kicked Cloud Atlas, which we got kicked out of because they're like, hey, assholes, there's a hurricane. Do not watch Cloud <laughs> Atlas right now. And we walked by this vacant lot, and there was this fucking rough and tumble cat. And he's just sitting there like he knew a hurricane was coming. And I looked at him, and he just, I'm like five feet away. He looks at me like, <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I'm going to fucking make it, and you're not because I'm a cat. <laughs> well, that cat definitely means business. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. You know, I, I have a cat, and I've only ever heard it hiss once. Really? Yeah. My sister's got a cat. It hisses all the time. I cannot stand it. Oh, I guess so. maybe I just like one cat. Never mind. <laughs> I got hissed at by a couple of security guard cats a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> what? Wait, were they <laughs> security guards in a building? Were they wearing little red jackets? <laughs> yeah, I was on the Upper West Side, and I tried to walk into a nice apartment building, and cats hissed at me. No, I was walking home from all the right, movies. All right, Rocco. Here's, here's a little glass. Here's some milk for Christmas. That's your tip. No, I was walking home from the movies. I was walking with my neighborhood, and there was this parking lot, like behind this restaurant. And the, under the dumpster, there was a cat that was like clearly giving birth. Like you could hear a lot of like oh, baby cats and shit. And there was a bunch of cats like around the dumpster. And I just stopped because I was like, I was like, all right, I hate cats, but I just want to make sure, like, yeah. it's not like an animal in trouble or something yeah. like that. So I just looked, and I was like, oh, it's a cat, like, birthing a litter or whatever. And these fucking, like, five cats were just like, <laughs> you best walk away. Yeah, like, it was keep, fucking ridiculous. I was like, keep all right, on security walking. guards. Yeah, they're there. Oh, cats don't give a fuck. A little uptown for you, huh? <laughs> <laughs> all right, so instead of our TLC show... Let's mail an animated pilot to 1996 called Security Guard Cats. <laughs> and it'll air between SWAT cats and Capital Critters. And it sounds, it's, it's a fucking, it's a, it's a lock. You know, you could maybe even get like that coveted position, like usurp the Cadillac cats <laughs> oh, out of that Cadillac Heathcliff B-side. B yeah, yeah, yeah. I was a big fan but, of yeah, Cadillac honestly, cats. Speaking of the Heathcliff cartoon I brought up. <laughs> Cadillac Cats, stronger show than Heathcliff. Heathcliff even though was weak sauce, man. It was. Yeah, Heathcliff sucked. He was just fucking riding on fumes. And then you got the Cadillac Cats. They're, you know, they're, they're roller skating. They're owning the junkyard. Heathcliff, barely in charge of the alley. He barely. Was, he was soft, man. He was just living that fucking house cat life and just, like, thinking he owned that old couple. He thought that he could skate off, like, the steam that Garfield gave him. Yeah. yeah. But Garfield had attitude, and Garfield hated everything. He was, Heathcliff was just, like, a big, nice, fat moron. He's a total poser, man. <laughs> he was a poser. <laughs> he's a big, fat poser. So, speaking of big and fat, this old guy... 
winds up getting bested. So this dude makes it all the way around. Striker comes back in the window. What well, the, the, do we do set up is the pigeon, which is fucking hilarious. Oh, my God. This nightmarish pigeon. Like, this pigeon, it's on its, it's, on its ledge, and Striker's like, hey, hey, he can't really kick it because he's on a ledge. He's like, get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here. And the pigeon's like, no. And it just starts pecking at him and pecking at him and pe- until his feet start to bleed. It's fucked up. At that point, I would be like, all right, I know it might throw me off balance, but I have to at least just like jut my foot out really hard to try to like shoo this thing away. Yeah. And it's just attacking him and his fucking little, his little argyle sock has just got this like little red dot on it. So he kicks the thing hilariously. And you think that's the last time Man, we've seen this pigeon. What a nod to Hitchcock. <laughs> so he gets back inside, and this old guy has just finished telling this assassin, you know, now when I say, good job, Mr. Striker, you come around the corner with your silenced pistol. So he gets in the window. Dude comes in, and he's like, uh, I, I'm going to stand by my word. The cocaine's out of your car. I've got your money right here, and you can have my wife. And the dude throws down this bag and a bunch of money, and this chick's head falls out. Pretty cool. Pretty, pretty, pretty cool pretty, twist. Pretty grim ending. I kind of dug it. Yeah, it, it takes a little long to get around that building, but this is where I'm like, <laughs> oh, Okay. And, you know, Stryker's a tennis pro, so he gets the upper hand out of this old man and this fucking 70-year-old goon. Yeah, he's like a, he's like a retiring age assassin almost at this point. Dude mucks it up. Stryker shoots that guy hilariously, and then he's like, you know, I'm not going to kill you, old man. I'm just going to make you do what you did to me. And, like, he's out on the ledge, and he's fucking with him. And then this pigeon comes back <laughs> and just pecks his feet till this old dude just falls off the building. Correction. Old dude does not fall off the building. His cartoon falls <laughs> off the building. It's absurd. I'm so glad you said that. It's, it's really, beautiful. really bad. It's just so, it's the shot of this building. And then you see like this little animated shadow figure just like kind of stumble and fall. It's, there's no detail to it whatsoever. It's a shadow person. It's, it's, yeah. it's heavy metal. It looks exactly out of heavy metal. It's like fucking John Candy. You know, it just goes right over the edge. Heavy metal, man. <laughs> Talking about making your skin crawl. <laughs> so that dude's dead. He lands on his vaudeville horn and like the cat just watches him dead. And you're like, all right, that's. The cat got you, I guess. Yep. Not really. The cat just kind of left. Again, things got too heavy for this cat, and he couldn't handle yeah, it. Yeah, like, fuck this. He's always in the wrong place at the wrong time. He's he kind really of like, is in the wrong place at the wrong time. He's a little Forrest Gumpish, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, he keeps finding himself in these sticky situations. Like, well, I got to go on now. My planet needs me. <laughs> you are correct, cat. I will not stand down to Cuba. This communist threat will not stand. Thank you for the great advice. The cat is mentally challenged, so he doesn't understand what integration is, and it's so adorable. <laughs> wow, that's a movie I want to see. <laughs> Spoon feed me American history. Thanks. No, we have to eat in this cafeteria. <laughs> Come on. We just we move on to this third. That's what I really hate about this movie is that the thread of this cat is just so barely there. Like you think about something great like Creep Show, where yep. they use the comic book yeah. as the way to as the way to link all the things together. And you know that's the other thing. With Creep Show, you know when Ted Danson turns back into a fucking comic panel, 
that part of the movie is over yep. with. There's no real way to distinguish what's going on because it's not like the cat only comes in when the cat's going to take you into the next story. The cat comes and goes whenever he pleases like a real fucking cat. God, I hate cats. Got a little Louis Anderson there. Yeah. I hate cats so much. I love their food. I love their food, but I hate them. Is it okay if I buy cat food, but I don't have a cat? <laughs> Do I have to fess up to that at the grocery store? Or what? No, I'm just no, you don't. I'm on dry cat food, <laughs> watching Wipeout. <laughs> Sometimes the ones that are shaped like fish don't really taste like fish. It's really weird, guys. Wipeout. Uh, excuse me, Louie. Could you get back to hosting the Family Feud, <laughs> which is why we're here? <laughs> I would love him going on like a long 40-minute tirade just while the feud cameras are rolling. About anything. It could be about eating cat food, how he hates his life. This really dramatic Pete Paul Thomas Anderson Magnolia music. <laughs> Some kid pisses himself <laughs> while Louis Anderson just loses his grip on the feud. And that's why tomorrow morning I'm going to kill myself. <laughs> it's something like, what do people buy at the grocery store? <laughs> and it's like, uh, oh, cat food. <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> sets him down a dark tunnel. He starts talking about cat dogs. <laughs> He's fucking committed. And some, like, executive producer at the back of the Family Feud studio is like, what the fuck did I tell you? We can't put cat-related shit on this show anymore. You know, my girlfriend was like, Louie, you should have a turkey dog. It's a lot better for you. But I thought even better, cat food dogs. <laughs> it's better than turkey. It's leaner than turkey meat. <laughs> Uh, and it keeps my coat extra shiny. Uh, I think we're gonna have to bottle that till we find out where where he lives, and we, we could do an episode of our TV show. So this third this segment, cat thumbs a ride to Wilmington, North Carolina. Again, no Maine. Look, I feel like the guy's like, "You want to go to Maine?" And the cat's like, "No." Are you sure? That's where I was going. But you're such a magical talking cat. I'll take you anywhere. Oh, you want to go where they filmed Silver Bullet? No help there, but I'll I'll keep driving. (laughs) So we go down to North Carolina where we meet Drew Barrymore and her family. Uh, She's been supernaturally beckoning this cat. And there's another one in the second one. Like, it's just like this voice of this weird cat's head. Like, please help. It's getting closer. The cat is walking down some scuzzy Atlantic City street. Yeah. And there's like a, a, a storefront that's got a bunch of TVs like yeah. displayed. Oh, that's right. And on the show, it's like the cat imagines a show that stars Drew Barrymore and another cat. And she's like, now, Mr. Princess, get in your high chair. And then she like turns to the camera and is supposed to be like looking right at the cat. And she's like, no one can help me but you. You better get here fast. He's getting closer. Anyway, Mr. Cat, this tea party, I was like, this is so fucking stupid. This First you were the ghost in a mannequin. Now you're on a hallucinatory television show. Explanation. Yeah. Cat dementia. <laughs> that, it adds up. Yeah. Cat ate too many hot dogs, that's for sure. Cats should not eat pork. <laughs> that's rule number one. Oh. Been saying that for years. <laughs> Could have been a kosher, Frank. <laughs> 
<laughs> All beefy. So, you know, this cat finally makes it to Drew Barrymore's house. And she's like, oh, my God, it's a cat. I've always wanted a cat. And the mother's like, fuck this. Like, the mother's kind of great in this thing. This she- mother is a fucking pain in the ass. Oh, she sure is. This is the most despicable character in the movie. And we already met Alan King's character. <laughs> the rapist. Mm. This woman is just, like, so shitty to Drew Barrymore. It's like, no, you can't have a cat, you fucking idiot. <laughs> and she's like, but I just, no, you have a bird. What do you think would happen if a bird and a cat, don't you watch fucking cartoons, you moron? Well, that's what I would say to you. I would be like, hey, mom, this isn't fucking Tweety Bird and Sylvester. I, the bird's in a cage. The cat's not going to get in the fucking cage. Yeah, the bird's not flying around the kitchen helping an old woman bake muffins. <laughs> Those cartoons always bored me, the Sylvester and Tweety, by the way. She finally was like, all right, you can have the cat, but it can't be in the house after dark because... We got a bird, and I'm really afraid of cartoons. And she's like, okay, that's terrible. And like, Drew Barrymore is not into it. So, like, the first, and at this point, we see here's the thing. First one, <laughs> we got Quitter's Inc. It's like, it's reality gone mad, but it's still in a real world. Second one, it's a tale of the dark and mysterious. It's Atlantic City, the seedy underbelly. This could be happening right now, for all we know. It probably is because that story takes place in Atlantic City. And it, we're in reality. Everything, mm-hmm. literally mm-hmm. not even a hint of supernatural. And in this third one, it gets even more real, right? Dark and gritty. <laughs> yeah, uh, a little troll voiced by Frank fucking Welker shows up. Is it Frank Welker doing uh, the voice? Do, you, anytime you're unsure who did a voice of something, it was Frank Welker. <laughs> he's banging out 12 a day. And he's just like... <laughs> I hate to, that shit. To add insult to... Indi- <laughs> I almost said to add insult to industry, which I guess this movie is to the film industry. <laughs> but to add insult to injury, this little troll has a jester's hat on. Type of thing. <laughs> he's it's just he's like, dressed like a harlequin entertainer. Uh, yeah, it's like not only is it a little nasty troll, it's a little stinker. It's, I hate it so much. It's a little stinker. It looks like the Rancor with the hat on. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> it's just very suspiciously like the Rancor wearing a hat. <laughs> And he's got, like, a little stinker sword that he carries yeah. around with him. It's fucking obnoxious. And that's what this third one is. And you're like, really? We were like, I thought this was going to be, like, child abuse or something weird with the cat. Well, Who it kind of is. Yeah. It, well, yeah. Explains Drew Barrymore today. Emotional abuse, sure. <laughs> and, you know, but no, it's just this little troll that's going to. And, like, for whatever reason, the mother's like, well, you know what they say about cats? And I'm like, no. What do they say about cats? Well, in the night, they'll steal your breath. Good night. What's amazing about... So they're at the breakfast table. This is my favorite thing. And so, you know, she's like, like my mother always says, you know, a cat will sit on your chest and steal your breath out of your body. And then the father... Apparently, this woman has like an off-the-boat immigrant mother. Because then this dude, speaking of Dracula, slips into this Dracula impression like, well, you know what your grandmother always says... When you have a cat in the house, it will sneak into your room and sit on your chest and suck your breath out. And this woman is just like, thank you for making fun of my immigrant mother in front of our daughter, you fucking dickhead. (laughs) This guy's kind of a dick. I love him. He's really, because he's always pushing this woman's buttons. He's undermining her in front of the daughter all the fucking time. The woman's like, she's making rules for the daughter. And he's like, yeah, I know your mom's a bitch. Here's some ice cream. You know, yeah, like, he's yeah. totally dad. playing the kid yeah. to like make him f- the favorite parent. One day, 
he's going to push her too far. And then she's going to bust out there. Thinner. <laughs> ah, gypsy curses. Ah, <laughs> uh, I almost rewatched that. I think I'm, maybe I'll do that tonight. Thinner. Thinner. It's not it's a bad not ride. worth it. <laughs> <laughs> the plot gets a thinner as it goes along. <laughs> I just saved you 100 boring minutes. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, the first night... You know, she, she's like, all right, you're going to have the cat, but he can't sleep in your room. And the cat senses trouble, so he jumps into the window because she left the window open. Big mistake. You got a cat rolling around. And the troll comes out, and he's a little stinkering about. He's, like, scamping and dancing. Oh, God, I hate it. What they do here, and, you know, we praise the practical effects early on. But in this third segment, it's really obnoxious because they will cut to uh, like some superimposed shots of a person yep. in this troll outfit, you know, either in front of bigger furniture or it's just a superimposition. It's mm-hmm. in front of a green screen and it's just fucking dancing, <laughs> it's just dancing through this Drew Barrymore bedroom. And it sucks. I hate, I hate troll things. Yep. Okay. Anytime a movie has a troll, like a Lord of the Rings when they're talking with the trolls and oh, aren't these trolls obnoxious and whatever <laughs> the trolls in the Harry Potter movie, just fucking stop. Hey, with hey, trolls. hey, Gandalf, don't you think these trolls have overstayed their welcome tonight? <laughs> Could you at least? Could you? You could just ask them to leave. Just get these trolls out of my house. Speaking of fantasy, I mean <laughs> that's why I like Game of Thrones more. We don't have to deal with other races of weird who's and fudges yeah. and trolls and orcs and what's what's your mis- it, Yeah, it's just it's two kinds of people: people and dragons. Yeah, <laughs> maybe the wizard's gonna pop out. There's like that red lady monster thing. Yeah, she counts oh, yeah, as there's a wizard. Some stu- yeah, there's some stuff. There's she some- counts yeah. as a wizard. Yeah, you know what? File that under wizard. Yeah, I would file <laughs> a lot of people under wizard on Game of Thrones. There would know that Simpsons episode where the comic book guy is asking a question of the itchy and scratchy voice actors or whatever. <laughs> yeah. When that happens, a wizard did it. Yeah. <laughs> Anything we can't explain, a wizard. Anything that's not a dragon, a wizard did it. <laughs> so I mean, the cat basically. So the troll eats the bird, right? He and this is the thing. He rips open this bird cage with his troll hands, which a cat cannot do. Nope, can't do it. No opposable digits on this on Mister Mittens here. Actually, he finally gets a name, which is General, which is also adorable. Oh, it's just so cute. Maybe isn't it? maybe there's some type of breed of Romanian cat that rips open cages. <laughs> they and also hunt vampires. They, they all, yeah, they also have wings. Why not? So the mother, like the you know the the cage falls and the wizard. The wizard, Jesus, the fucking dwarf troll thing, runs, scamps back through the hole in the wall that it came in. The wall magically seals itself, by the way. Again, firmly planting us in this magic world. Like, he breaks open a wall, and then it fixes itself. A real hole in the wall. Sort of like the shock box room. (laughs) I feel like Alan King walked out at the end of this. Oh, you fucking kidding me with a troll? Oh, forget it, Steve. Steven, you lost it. Like, he he was supposed to play, like, uh... <laughs> like the dude who sells the mogwai and gremlins kind of a thing, you know what I mean? He's like, oh, yeah, it's a troll. It makes a great birthday present. Just uh, don't let it out of its cage or some shit. And he's like reading through. He's like, this is fucking bullshit. <laughs> I like the idea of Alan King getting fantasy scripts and being like, oh, what a bunch of garbage. <laughs> Screen test, Alan King, crawl. <laughs> but there's a half sword, I think you... Ah, uh, fuck it. Just, no, no thank you. By the way, keep in mind that 
well, there is a troll introduced in this segment. The cat is the through line of all these things. Alan King exists in the world of the troll. Yeah. <laughs> he does We could get the, the two of these the together, you know? <laughs> See what happens. What? So I'm playing a police detective, and then my new partner is this ridiculous troll. <laughs> God, that'd be great. I'm not trying to be negative about this project, but that sounds like a whole lot of garbage. <laughs> he could like have the he could like have the troll sneak into people's apartments. Who needs a warrant anymore, right? <laughs> so you're telling me you built the time machine out of the DeLorean? No, well, fuck this. This is silly. That's a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> he skateboards away. <laughs> When Eric Stoltz was fired, they thought of Michael J. Fox or Alan King. Wait, so it's a whole island that this asshole owns, and then he's bringing dinosaurs back to life. (laughs) Get the fuck out of here. He fucking storms out of Spielberg's (laughs) office. This is so not Alan King. You may see some of them all of the time. You may see all of them some of the time. But believe me, Mr. Morrison. You'll never see all of them all of the time. All right. So, so this lady hates this cat. She boxes him up like she's fucking sending him to Abu Dhabi a la Nermal <laughs> and puts him to the ki- go goes straight to the kill shelter. Not straight like straight to the kill shelter. What I love. She doesn't investigate the, the kill. She wants this kid. She Just wants two in the back it. of this kid, cat's head. What I love, too, is like she drops the cat off and it's like, you know. Most definitely not located in Maine Pet Sanctuary or whatever they call it, right? And she drives off like, job done. And then, like, the camera sort of raises up a little bit, and you see a fucking chimney with smoke billowing out of it. And I was like, my God, it's a fucking cat detention center. Yeah, that's the uh, hidden horror they don't tell you about America. (laughs) Just murdering cats left and or right. So this cat sensing the danger like plays it cool like the dude comes in and he's like by the way cat tomorrow it's your day to die and yeah, the cat's been, like yeah that's what you think it's been 21 minutes cat you're you, no one's claimed you we're allowed to kill you now but the cat becomes he, he gains the confidence of the commandant and shows his <laughs> shows shows him that he could do the accounting for the, <laughs> for the uh pets pet sanctuary or Pound. Oh, you're will. really good at that accounting for a cat. <laughs> <laughs> little toots hands on a little ticker tape. You're doing good. The last guy we had in here, chicken scratch. <laughs> well, he was a chicken, but could... last guy we had in here, we fed him to Louis Anderson. <laughs> he eats cat food and cats. He's like Alf. <laughs> I auditioned for Alf. It didn't go so well. I offered to eat the cat in the audition process. They hated it. I was thrown out of the studio with blood all over my face. Oh, oh that poor man. I, I, could, I, I never thought I could, I could hate him more, but, <laughs> but thanks. So the cat, it's cat to the rescue, right? Because this is like, yeah. I mean, this, this, is, this is honestly it's like a children's movie. We all have of a not, sudden, we have not talked about the actions in this segment very much. Because oh, really? <laughs> because it's the, the one where the least happens. It's the least interesting. Yeah, it's a kids movie. The kid is gonna break out of the fucking termination shelter to come and save the day, and that's yep. exactly what happens. It's a cat versus troll fight, which is the dumbest thing I'll ever say. 
And yeah, the cat, the, you know, the, the the troll's got a little dagger, and he's making all sorts of little Frank Welker noises. You know, it's just <laughs> he gets in a good cut. He cuts that cat good. Yeah, he does. In their first encounter, he does stab the cat. He draws yeah. blood. He draws he first blood. First... Uh. I didn't start this. He started this cat. Ah, <laughs> uh, and so the cat somehow manages to. Oh well, that's. Speaking of uh, getting your money's worth for that song, so the cat gets the troll on like a turntable, and Drew Barrymore is like, "Turn it on!" And the cat's like, "All right." <laughs> and turns, I know that command. Yeah, turns this turntable on, and the troll's like spinning around, and fucking, I'll be watching you starts playing the cover. Don't no, worry, the cover. Excuse me. Yeah, it's not Sting's the beautiful voice. Creepy LP to buy your kid. Yeah. Creepy LP for a seven-year-old girl to have. Also something you don't want in your seven-year-old kid's room, a doorstop? Like, that's the weird, like... For... Oh, they could swallow that, right? <laughs> the first thing this... I don't think so. The first thing the troll does is take the doorstop and jams the door shut because tonight's the night he's going to off this bitch, right? Yeah. <laughs> We've seen the troll. The troll is actually the one that fulfills the Romanian grandmother's prophecy. It's not cats. It's trolls will sit on your chest and clench your little Drew Barrymore nose closed while making all sorts of Frank Welker <laughs> noises to this child. By the way, this is something we haven't really touched on. This is a fucking disgusting segment because this troll is like touching her lips and shit. It's weird. And she's just like getting fucking molested by this thing. It's really disgusting, Stephen King. I think you're going to say Stephen Zadak. I didn't do nothing. Stephen Zadak knows how disgusting it is. Stephen King's the one that wrote it. Yes, you're right. I mean, basically, it's cat versus troll. Cat wins, obviously. By hilariously, so it's on the turntable, and Drew Barrymore's like, no, make it faster. And the cat's like, all right. <laughs> Turn the no, 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 no. General, faster. And it, oh, oh, you meant, oh, okay. Oh, really fast. All right. And like switches it and off you again. you hear the song going faster. No, the Tony Becker Bennett record. Okay, got it. Uh, ooh, this is pristine stuff. You got to put the 45 tab on it so it doesn't slide around the turntable. <laughs> all right. I'll put that other. Drop it down in the middle there. I'm a uh, cat. Gonna get you through to the uh, midnight hour here. Uh, we got some Tony. We got a troll on the turntable. We've got a uh, a cover of the police. Some um, Tony Bennett coming up. You uh, might find it surprising that a radio station wouldn't even play the actual version of a song. But uh, you know what? I love covers. That's why it's the name of my show. I'm Midnight Cat. This is I Love Covers. Coming up next, your phone calls. Stay with us. Special interview from Louis Anderson <laughs> after the break. Hope he doesn't eat me. I've heard some things. <laughs> heard the audition for Alf. We'll uh, get that story next. Cat is a small town radio DJ. <laughs> I would love it. I'd be so it's jealous like, of that cat. Yeah, it's like one of the things you hate the most is one of the things you love the most. <laughs> He's doing the job I hate. That's why you hate them so much. They always steal your. They come in and steal your thunder. They yeah. do it all. Oh, well, time. When these cats got here and they started taking our jobs away. <laughs> First, it was the radio DJs. <laughs> They replaced them all with cats. So the cat kills a troll. I yeah. mean, that's, <laughs> and that's fucking who cares. And it's, the mother learns her lesson because this dad is just like, well, 
honey, you were a bitch, and I told you that. <laughs> like, and I was like, yay, daddy won again. Mommy has no power in the relationship. And then the then the parents see exactly how this troll died, which it it, it flew off the record. It went into like a fan and exploded or something. Yeah, oh, it, there's it, just it there's little ch- there's troll chunks everywhere. <laughs> There's a little troll hand is a little holding his little stupid sword. Did somebody say troll chunks? Troll chili. Chef Boyardee. <laughs> and this segment's brought to you by Chef Boyardee's Troll Chunks. <laughs> Stay tuned, we got a little Frank Sinatra cover coming up. So, yeah, the troll's dead. And then, like, the best is the husband, the father, picks up the little troll sword and shows the wife. And he's just, like, looking at her like, see, you fucking moron. I mean, by the way, why is this? How how is this troll even in North Carolina? I'm thinking that grandmother, her dusty old suitcase from Transylvania. Do you think what they don't know because they never call the grandmother is that she died? And then the troll was like, finally, I can escape. <laughs> it was in a little, it was a little bird cage of its own. <laughs> yeah. Putting on little shows for her. I'll finally go touch that little girl. Oh, that's why I was wearing that jester hat. Yeah, it's been humiliated <laughs> for it's, eons. It's a Romanian television set. It's a- <laughs> what I love, too, is that the, the father's like, now, Drew Barrymore, are you sure there's no more of these lying around? And she's like, I only saw the one, but... Mm. Yeah. So they let the cat stick around. And then this is the biggest bullshit ending, right? So the cat comes in the house, and it's nighttime. Cat hears something, goes into the bedroom, hops up on the bed, and it's the parents, and then Drew Barrymore sleeping in the middle. And the cat climbs up onto Drew's chest, and you're like, oh, no. That Romanian grandmother was right the whole time. And the cat, like, gets down and just starts licking Drew Barrymore's lips. And then she wakes up like, oh, general freeze frame. And it's like, what? Was this a horror movie I was watching or what? Like, it's, you- it's one of those movies where it's like, it's not really a horror movie, but, like, we front load it with some horrific type stuff. Yeah, I mean, you need... if the, That's the end of your movie, but if you need... If you, you, this is true to, truly to be a horror movie, and you want to have the cute one in the anthology, I don't recommend it. You need at least four, first of all. You have to have at least four. I, yep. think, I think that's a standard that all horror anthologies should abide by, mm-hmm. at least four. Because that way, if you do want to have the cute one, you can still say, well, you know, it had three fucked up things and then this stupid cute one that they threw in. Like that kicked the, the can in the toilet. Yeah, thing. I was about Ugh. to say, what's the count on that? We got... Does, I mean, does the Dan Aykroyd thing count? That's like a mini. That's like four in a mini because you've got your, you've got the Anthony one, right? They do Anthony in that. They redo Anthony. They do. What's Anthony? The uh, kid with the cornfields, the mind controller. Oh, right. like, oh yeah, it's I a great day, Anthony. Yeah, yeah. That, right. Yep, That's yep, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They got the airplane, the Shatner one redone with Lithgow. Right. Kick the can. And uh, Vic, uh, Morrow. Vic Morrow, yeah, the, yeah. The, the Vic Morrow one, yeah. So that's four. I think that's that's all of them. And then, I mean, the Dan Aykroyd one. It's sort of like you it's know, it's your bookend. It's your bookend thing. We obviously Rod Serling's not around anymore, so we got to find something. Fine. It turns out Dan Aykroyd's a monster, or whatever sure. happens. It's. I wouldn't count it as like a segment, though. That's the bookend thing. Right, that's right. that's where I feel like. 
Creep Show is the only one. It's the best that does it. that right. I feel because I'm thinking about oh my god that fucking VHS the framing device in VHS where it's also found footage of people wandering mm. around a house filled with VHS right, tapes right, right. Yeah. is so terrible and it amounts to nothing. You don't know who these people are that hired this team yeah. to break in to find that tape and whatever else. And you, you don't know. know who the people are that are collecting these tapes either. Yeah, it's. It, I think VHS is a bit thin. It's got like one to two segments that I like in it. I was okay with I was the Ty West one. Yeah, I was cool with the Ty West one. Uh, I think the vampire one was really cool. The vampire lady. Oh, well, that was a little hard to believe with the camera being in the glasses. Yeah. That's oh, really oh, she's like a, it's like a pixie thing. Yeah, like it's a like a weird pixie. Yeah. yeah I kind of, I mean, it was spooky. <laughs> it, it was okay. I mean, there's that one. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I don't want to go listing all the segments or whatever, but I, I feel like nothing's ever going to beat Creepshow. ABCs no. of Death doesn't really have a framing device other than we're just going through the alphabet, yeah. which is it's kind of interesting. And uh, some of those are okay. Some of those are flat-out terrible. Mm. Um, but yeah, like you have to find a certain kind of balance. And I'm sorry... With a, as far as framing devices go, like a cat wandering through all of them is not a, a good thread. And also, in the first two, the cat doesn't really do all that much. But then all of a sudden, in this third one, it's like the, the central character. Oh, yeah, I got a question for you guys. Did you guys stick around for the end credits? Yeah, that song, that, the cat's eye. Yes, song? it's like na 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 cat's eye, cat's <laughs> eye. <laughs> yeah, wait, let's let's treat everybody yeah. a little bit of cat's eye. Yeah, it's a stupid song. That's the one song they did commission and spent money on. <laughs> All right, Ray Parker Jr., write a song for this movie, Cat's Eye. Okay, <laughs> Ray Parker Jr., we asked for fake cocaine for the cocaine scene, but we got real cocaine. How about you write us a Cat's Eye song? He turns that in, and they're like, oh, my God. Can we get someone to cover the police real quick? <laughs> Holy shit, can someone cover the police? This is terrible. It's uh by the way, I just want to clarify that it is not Ray Parker Jr. that uh does that. It's sung by uh actually it's funny enough, a dude named Ray Stevens. Oh. Not Ray Parker Jr. Would anyone recommend Cat's Eye? I wouldn't really. Um I don't think I mean the only part I think really is worth seeing is the Quitters Inc. portion. Mm -hmm. Um Yeah, so I'm gonna say give it a big old pass. Yeah, I I'd skip it too. I don't think it's a really like I, I totally agree with Eric here. I think the Quitters Inc's a lot of fun, uh, and it just kind of it's diminishing returns every time. And I wanted, you know, honestly, if it was a full Quitters Inc movie and we kept going through it, and you know, maybe like James Woods confronts Alan King at the end, that battle cool. to the death. But yeah. <laughs> on, on top of an Atlantic City skyscraper. Now, we're that, now you're thinking, thinking on two In feet. which a troll <laughs> summoned by Alan King. Oh, I'm sorry. And I mean, you know. To be fair, to Cat's Eye's credit, you know, it's not 
the worst way an anthology horror movie could end up, you know, because two children weren't killed, nor was a <laughs> treasured Hollywood actor. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, it could be worse. Yeah, it could always be worse when it comes to making a horror anthology. I'll agree with you on that. Uh, yeah, I would say, you know, I, I would recommend watching the first two, and when that cat gets on a fucking truck to North Carolina, turn it off. <laughs> when he hightails it to North Carolina? Yeah, I mean, because that... That, the troll thing is so terrible, but the other two are at least watchable. Yeah. They never, they never explain to you how it is Drew Barrymore's a ghost inside a mannequin or yeah. anything like that. So you can ignore those parts of the cat's jaunt through the big city. Yeah, they're kind of like pretty good Night Gallery episodes. They are. It, it really reminded me of Night Gallery more than anything. Yeah. Um, you know, so to recommend something alternatively, I would say the first two Creep Shows. Creep Show 2, while not a great movie, one is leaps and bounds better than this, but it's also like still got its entertaining moments. However, there is, it's not a well known thing, I don't think, because it's so recent. There was a Creep Show 3 that was made, unwatchable. Ooh. Turned it off in the first segment. It's really, really Ooh. wretched. But the first two are pretty cool. The, uh, the cigar store Native American, uh, I almost said sketch, but segment that they have is, is pretty awesome. So, you know, if you're looking for horror anthologies this Halloween, stick with your first creep shows. Uh, and I don't know, I guess ABCs of Death. I didn't see VHS 2. I was so turned off by VHS 1, but I've heard terrible things. Did, did you guys see it? I haven't seen it yet. No, no. I, I probably won't. That's, <laughs> t- that's totally fine. Totally acceptable. That's Cat's Eye from 1985, directed by Lewis Teague. If you want to get a hold of us, you can check out more information about the show on whmpodcast.com. Find us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. We are at whmpodcast. Right into the mailbag, weallhatemovies at gmail.com. If there's some other horror anthologies that I'm obviously missing, uh, let us know. I think maybe we should do like a like a Halloween mailbag, like the end of the month, because we got some emails about some other stuff. We got some good emails on alternative Brad Dourif titles that I asked about with body parts last week. So keep them coming. If you got some horror anthology recommendations, toss them our way. We'll do a mailbag at the end, sort of wrap everything also, up. Also, you know, any spooky stories you may have, <laughs> you know, I definitely want to hear if you've got a troll in your past or, or you know, you came across a... Uh, a comic <laughs> of the caliber of Alan King. Or, I mean, honestly, if you have, please send in your cat DJ audition tapes. We will pass them on <laughs> to the right people. Yeah, the right people at YouTube and BuzzFeed. And, uh, <laughs> get it where it needs to go. Subscribe to the show and iTunes. Rate review there if you get a chance. You can also find us on Stitcher Radio. Download the Stitcher app and stream the first five most recent episodes of the show on the go. There is also our own app. You can purchase that and stream all of our bonus episodes. Uh, or whmpodcast.bandcamp.com if you want to get the bonus episodes one at a time. They're all there, too. Uh, that's about it. We'll be back next week with the fourth installment of our 2013 Halloween Spooktacular. Until then, I'm Andrew Jupin. Steven Zeta. Eric Siska. Take it easy. Cats love when you're fat. They're always over there when you're fat.